podcast is BYOT. Bring your own tacos. Dick swinging. Swinging. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast. We can say fuck. We can say fuck. With Matthew Gertz and Jesse Landers. I don't care if it's spoken. This is cool. That's a decent amount of sausage. This man you know needs what? a doctor. Yeah. I just hope they're tasty. What's up with these clowns, man? Cut the lights and went through people's pockets. Don't you point that at each other. Let them smoke a little. You need to like step it up to that point. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna lead with the. We're not gonna lead. Uh, so you went down to New York City yesterday. Yeah, man. I got to go to Randall's Island, New York City. Right, right on the other side of Harlem, and uh, went to the Gov Ball. It's a three-day festival. It occurs every year. It's been going on for close to a decade now, and uh, they always have a really good lineup selection. And uh, I only did a one-day pass. One of the bigger, it's one of the bigger shows in New York. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the big festivals in New York. Um, you know, like as you we were talking, you've gone to Warped Tour there. It'll be there every now and again. I think Izu is going to be there this year, and I'm going to be attending that later on in the summer. So I'm pretty stoked for that too. But uh, it was really cool. It was my first uh, like full-on festival in New York, and uh, to be able to like watch like one of the four stages and then look over and you see the skyline of New York City, it's pretty fucking awesome, man. Because I have like a special yeah. thing for New York City. It's always been like magical to me, so to say. Yeah, it has a special specialness to it. Yeah, especially around I know around Christmas time, and then in the summer it's usually deadly hot. Yeah, and it, the weather was perfect, I gotta say. It was like, uh, you know, mid-70s, nice. you know, the sun wasn't killer. I didn't even really get sunburned, chilling in the sun all day, which was nice. Well, that's good. It, was there some cloud coverage or just like straight open sky? No, straight I know open Randall's sky. Island. It was weird, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was like it, just really Randall's chill. Island's a big open really field with like multiple stages right yeah yeah like it's a driving range like a golf driving range when it's not being used for festivals it's just really fucking open and um yeah they had four big ass stages they had a lot of good names yesterday was really good uh we went really mainly to see marshmallow who's a edm dj really fucking awesome it's kind of got like a dead mouse style where he like wears a mask and like conceals his identity he doesn't take it off at all yeah, you introduced me to Marshmallow. I started watching some of his videos. Yeah, man. He's uh, really, really good. One of the better DJs out there. And uh, I'm a fucking diehard. My uh, girlfriend's even bigger into him than I am, but uh, I love him. But Wu-Tang Clan was there. I didn't get to see them because they were on the same time as Marshmallow, and uh, I-, I wanted to see Marshmallow real bad. Childish Gambino was there. Phoenix. Ray Scrimmard stole my heart. Ray Scrimmard, I should say. Really good. Those two kids I've been a fan of for fucking five years now before they were signed to uh, their their record label. Man, they have so many goddamn hits, and uh, they just they do such a good job with the show. And as I was telling you, their uh, DJ rolled up a blunt and uh, hit, hit it a couple times, passed it out to the crowd, so the crowd just like was like passing around a blunt that the DJ rolled. Fucking, uh, it, was, it was so fun, man. That's a cool thing for him to do. One of, fucking roll out yeah, there. Yeah, dude. And, like, the first song, one of the guys, uh, Slim Jimmy, jumps right into the fucking crowd. Like, straight up just goes crowd surfing while fucking rapping. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I always get into that kind of thing, man, where they're, like, fucking in the crowd and shit. 
But I uh, saw your Snapchats. Oh, you man. were uh, putting some cool stuff up. I was we always out. give uh, we always give our uh, handles out at the end of the show too. Yeah, yeah. People, so keep an eye out. We're always up to always... something, man. Like, fucking Jesse's got the West Coast covered. I got the East Coast covered. You'll get some entertainment. Yeah, out Matt's of that. been going to a lo- Matt's been going to a lot of shows, so it's definitely. Check check out what he's putting up on Snapchat there. Hell Hang yeah! Until the end. Hell yeah! Find out where that's. I coming see from. stars this Friday, people. There will be snaps in case you're a fan. But yeah, I mean, again, it, you know, I just I loved it being in the city. It was fun. Um, I parked my car in Harlem. We walked over the bridge and uh, got to see a great view walking into it. You get to, like an overhead, four huge ass stages, man. It's like quite a get together. And uh, and then of course, you know, I had to like we went to Times Square after and chilled out in the city for the night, and that was always good. I always loved going to the city. A little bit of dinner afterward, and then I mean, you got, you got out of there pretty early. I, it's a, it was like a daytime kind of concert. Yeah, yeah, I could have stayed late, but, um, yeah, like, the crowd was so insane that we wanted to beat out the mass, like, of getting over that bridge. Going in was a fucking nightmare, like, people were just cramming the bridge up and, like, randomly stopping, like, fucking people, like, high on drugs, like, hardcore drugs, like, just, like, dying (laughs) in the middle of the fucking place and, like, taking selfies and, like, the typical bullshit. That's New York for you. Yeah, you just wanted to, like, get to the fucking show, and it was, like, a nightmare. Honestly, it was such an experience. So good. Highly recommend it to anybody. Try a festival at least once, you know, especially if it's a mixed genre festival like this one. It was fucking amazing. Maybe we'll show up at a festival someday. Oh, yeah. A little podcast booth. You can come visit us. Hell, yeah. We'll definitely have that in the works in the next year or two. But anyway, people, enough with the uh, festivities. Welcome to American Slacker, and as always, I'm Matthew. And I'm Jesse. And we always like to tell you, recommend this show to a friend. Make sure you check out our Facebook and our Instagram, too. We're always putting really cool stuff up on there. And swing by the Patreon if you feel like contributing to the show. Um, Every person that contributes to the Patreon is basically taking a part in creating this show. Um, we have some new gifts up for sponsors, you know, including the titles that we give out, you know, depending upon what you donate. And also, you can play Xbox with us every fourth Saturday. Hell and, yeah, uh, that's the best prize that you can get. Hell yeah, it's it's chaotic. We're uh, we're a lot of fun when we're on we, the uh, We like Xbox. playing some GTA, some Rocket League, maybe some of these free games that we always talk about. Uh, we got a little bit coming up in the show about that. Yeah, yeah, and as Jesse was saying, we got we got our start out with our news as always. We're gonna get to video games, and then we got a couple of movies we're gonna talk about, and they are some really fucking good movies this week. Oh yeah. So uh, stick around. And what we also like to do is update you on any of the stories that we have previously covered on our show. In episode 38, Loose B's and Big D's, we talked about a story where a man was accused of killing his then girlfriend through the act of fellatio she basically choked on his dick to death hence why we named that episode big d's big d's loose b's and big d's so our fan and friend of the show seth has update has brought it to our attention that the court case has come to a settlement and he has been proven not guilty now, now he wa- <laughs> he wanted to show his uh, member, I should say, to the jury in order to get off from the murder charges. Now I'm assuming it's like a reverse OJ. Like they had like a certain size like thing, and he was like, if the dick fits, he's a quit. You know, like he can quit. Oh, you know? <laughs> that's 
You could be a good part of his defense, I think. Yeah, gotta, man, I mean, I feel like it's logical. I mean, shit. We got a real Johnny Cochran going on. This is the size of a normal human esophagus, and uh, if his penis is larger than this, then we obviously have our argument in the books. <laughs> he did bring in a doctor, uh, Dr. Ronald Wright, and who is former Broward County Medical Examiner, and he explained that it could have happened and it was possible that she could have choked during the oral sex. And he ended up not having to show his dick to the jury because oh, they came to the that. end of the trial before the motion was approved. Ah, they're just going to believe him that uh, he's just packing some heat. Well, we so now we don't know if that defense will actually work because, like, well, I mean, the defense works, but he didn't have to show it. So there is there is there no precedent set saying huh. that a dick can't be shown in court as evidence. He's just like, trust me, trust me. I got a big old trouser snake. You don't need to see it. It'll scare you. That's how it seems to go. So that's a little update. Thank you to Seth for bringing that to our attention. We always like interacting with anyone that listens to the show. And moving on, we're going to our normal pot news right off the top. And we're talking about Willie Nelson, who has taken a stance that we also have here at American Slacker Podcast. He says, Jeff Sessions... Go smoke some pot. Hell yeah. He needs to smoke some pot and lighten the fuck up. In this Rolling Stone article, he is questioned on about numerous topics from politics to his new single that was coming out, which is called Still Not Dead. And I guess it's a parody of some, on some of the alternative facts that he had read about like you know him passing away in papers and stuff like that and he he he's just ripping on it in the song so he's also touring with bob dylan this summer i believe now see willie nelson is 84 smoking pot forever i mean there's got to be some significance in that connection what if you are you saying you go on road trips if you smoke weed yeah well wait what no i'm saying that there's a link to pot being the the holy grail but (laughs) oh okay it's, it's, it's eternal youth, man. Willie Nelson's still kicking it, jamming out on stage. He smokes more pot than anybody. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely a big advocate for marijuana. And he was asked about Jeff Sessions' quotes saying that pot was only slightly less awful than heroin. And in this Rolling Stone article, uh, Willie Nelson's quote is saying, I wonder if he's tried both of them. I don't think you can really make a statement like that unless you've tried it all so i'd suggest to jeff to try it and then let me know if he later thinks he's still telling the truth which is kind of the stance that we took we were like uh you're very unaware of what a heroin addict is if you think pot and heroin are the same yeah very naive only slightly less awful yeah yeah there's no way to make any type of comparison there at all he's obviously never seen what addiction can truly do to a person absolutely and he to go on in this uh rolling stone article willie nelson talked about how he has willie nelson for president bumper stickers nice. and they asked if they asked if he planned on running for office and he said that he has thought about it a few times but then he sobered up ha <laughs> ha he knows better than to take the race yes so it's an interest. Anyway. It's an interesting article. We'll be sure to post that up on Monday. We always post our 
weed articles up on our Facebook page, so be sure to head over there and check that out. Man, you think you think Willie Nelson's ever been booed off stage? I know he's been around a long, long time, and everybody's got to start somewhere. I just, Maybe I when he started. When he started, huh? I don't know. He's he's like a legend, though. He is a legend. He is a legend. I don't know but if I he'd mean, get booed. Yeah, everybody's got to start somewhere. And uh, in our next story, we have a man trying to make his uh, start into music, doing a little karaoke at a wedding. Dion Nagak Deep, probably fucking butchering that name. A 44-year-old oh, man. You could have fooled me. Ah, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> a 44-year-old man was singing to a newly married couple, doing a little karaoke in the Tianjiang province. And uh, another man mocked his voice and took the microphone away from him. Well, let Whoa. me say, that's a fatal Dude. mistake, friend. Oh, shit. <laughs> because what occurs after the fact is that <laughs> Nian decides to go crazy in the venue. He leaves, actually. He goes and gets a knife at his house. And then he returns. No now, knives at the venue? No knives at the venue. They must have uh, clearly stated that in the wedding invitation. Um... <laughs> So he decided to be a good guy and leave it at home, but this guy crossed the fucking line. Some people do phone-free weddings, some people do knife-free weddings. You know, you gotta know your crowd. Yeah, you do. That's a good... Yeah, you gotta read the crowd, you gotta know who you're inviting. And maybe there was a little psychopathic tendencies they were a little worried about with Mr. D. <laughs> so he returns, and he stabs the guest who had teased him. But this is where it goes AWOL. He ends up killing another man, stabbing him, who tried to interfere in the argument. Uh, a 35-year-old man um, ended up dying later from his uh, injuries sustained from the knife wound. Damn. Now That's why you don't get in the middle of that shit. You never, yeah. As you were saying before, people, just don't get involved. <laughs> don't get involved. Walk get away. Involved. It's not See people arguing, your just lower your head business. and walk the other way. Guy's got a knife, opposite direction. Man. Unless you have some authority to take that person down, just walk away. <laughs> And uh, karaoke is hugely popular at weddings in Vietnam, so I mean, you gotta be careful, I guess, who you have sing. Don't have the guy that's a little, little off edge, you know? This guy's a diva. He is a diva. His name even sounds like it. Deep the diva. Going around stabbing people. So was he apprehended, I'm guessing? Oh yeah, yeah, he was uh, taken in and arrested. And uh, I don't have an update on what they're getting him with, but I'm sure he's not going to be out anytime soon. He's going to be in the jail cell, like, singing, like, I want to be free. Oh, no, I, I think they do hard labor. Free. He's going to be doing labor in the field singing that. <laughs> he's gonna be, he'll be entertaining everyone, at least. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll get uh, time off his sentence for good behavior. <laughs> Is that out in the field just doing, like, lounge singing? <laughs> his, own, his own little renditions like, I want to swing from the shed They're like, Deep, get back to fucking work Stop fucking singing You're just jealous of my melody <laughs> Like you're throwing off my rhythm <laughs> So at least Deep will be getting a free lunch while he's in jail Yeah, probably bread and water But, you know, what, what can you ask for when you stab motherfuckers Because they don't like your singing tone Well, you know, isn't that a saying They, they say there's no such thing as a free lunch or oh. am I making that up? Always. I've always I've always heard that, you know? That's a you know, that's a thing. You just keep motive up. You gotta work for everything. Well, in Seattle, our next article talks about Jeff Liu's online fundraising campaigns. In Jeff Liu's home area of Seattle, 
he found out that there was $97.10 worth of school lunch debt at his child's uh, public school. So he decided to set up a GoFundMe for it. And he was inspired based off of a Texan named Chris Robinson, who had a CNN article written about him, and he had a fundraising campaign doing something similar in his area in Texas. Jeff Liu decided to pay off this $97.10, and it reached the goal really quickly. So he figured, you know, oh, I, maybe I can bring this to a bigger audience. And he called the Seattle Public Schools and found out that the total lunch debt for the whole district was $20,531.79. Man, that's a lot so he, of debt. That's crazy. And if people aren't aware of what uh, I mean by school lunch debt, it's when kids go to school, it, sometimes they'll not have brought lunch you know either a parent forgets to give it to them or there's like hard times going on at home and they get sent to school and don't have anything to eat for lunch so there's usually programs set up to give the kids the lunch but sometimes it's on credit and sometimes there's been like lunch shaming happening where kids are forced to either like work in the kitchen like washing dishes or like wear a wristband wow really i yeah. never even heard of that that's insane that's like fucking Treating a child like an adult like that, that's not tolerable, in my opinion. Yeah, because it's, it's not the kid's fault, you know, and you really shouldn't be blaming them. And a lot of people believe, you know, no child should go hungry, especially based off of, like, what their parents may or may not do. Yeah, it should be on the parents at all times. They shouldn't be going out of the child like that. There should be some type of, like, accountability held towards whoever is not giving the child their lunch or money for lunch. Absolutely, and I mean, Jeff Liu looked at it as it's kind of that old adage of like it takes a village to raise a child and he decided let's try and wipe out this lunch debt so he set up the GoFundMe for the $20,500 and the next two days took a little while and then there was local media buzz and like his all of his local stations started talking about it and then it was featured on CNN and eventually he got a $5,000 from someone named John Stevens and he's like, wow, $5,000, that's a lot of money. And he showed his wife, and she goes, I think that's John Legend. No shit. So he actually got a celebrity to chip in on it all. Yeah, uh, I guess his wife is a fan of Chrissy Teigen, who is John Legend's wife. And she follows Chrissy Teigen on Twitter and Instagram, and she's always tweeting her daughter, Luna, whose name is Luna Simone Stevens. So she put John Stevens with Simone or Luna Simone Stevens and was like oh this is John Legend that's crazy well that's good man I like to see celebrities he actually tweeted out at John Legend saying thank you and John Legend replied saying my pleasure we should have free lunch for all of our public students wait we should so, or shouldn't should oh okay okay I thought you said shouldn't um yeah I mean without a doubt I mean there should be some type of way to uniform for especially kids that are in need like that yeah, absolutely. And Seattle's lunch debt fundraiser has met its goal of that 20000 So he set up two additional fundraisers to pay off uh, Tacoma and Renton's lunch debt, which are two areas outside of, uh, or also in Washington. That's awesome. And they have, they, have, they have a similar amount of debt, too. It's about 20000 and 18000 Jesus, that's crazy. That's a lot of lunches, man. Yeah. But it's cool that people are doing this. It's uh, if people are willing to, you know, chip in to make sure kids can have lunch and, you know, they don't have to go hungry. 
awesome thing. And I, this is what I wanted to spring on you. I mentioned I was going to spring something on you, Matt. Alrighty. I'm nominating Damn. Jeff Liu as a green team member. I approve it because he's actually doing something that's really beneficial for more than just a small group of people. Hell yeah, that's what I figured. So Jeff Liu, our n- newest member of the green team. Without a doubt. We'll make, sure, we'll make sure to post something up honoring him on the Facebook page. Yeah, and it's just like these kinds of instances that show like the grouping together and actually speaking your opinion and getting it out there can actually benefit a ton of people. And uh, this is how we make change in general, people. And that's the biggest thing. It's it's not just keeping to ourselves in our own lives. It's coming out of our own little like corners for a little bit here and there to actually improve what we all take in. Yeah, absolutely. That's all you can do is like do what you can to try and make it a little bit better. They should be doing this everywhere. We should see it in Australia. I want to see it starting in the UK, uh, in Canada. Let's see some Canadian uh, listeners of ours. We know we got some. Well, speaking of those Canadians, we got something coming up for you here. Now, if you live in Alberta, you might have uh, recently encountered a tornado. Well, what we got here is a photo is circulating the internet with a man that was not bothered by this tornado. What we have here is Thanis Wessels was mowing his lawn and he noticed behind him, off in the in open distance, a monster twister was roaring. But, you know, he had to get his job done. He had to he had to get that lawn mowed. You know, it's oh, not going to mow itself. They, that grass ain't going to cut itself now. Now, he wasn't, um, he wasn't minding that tornado at all. And his wife was quite amused. She woke up from a nap when their daughter was saying something scary was going on outside so she comes outside and watches and observes her husband continue to mow the lawn with this fucking tornado just chilling behind him now it looks we have the photoshopped photo. it does look photoshopped it's insane it looks like you took a segment out of twister and you put it in the back of this guy's canadian yard <laughs> um there's no there's no uh bill paxton here i'm sorry um so yeah, she says the tornado is a lot further away than it appears, but in the photo it literally appears like it's less than half a mile away from this dude mowing his lawn. Like, it, it's insane. Um, it's huge in the background. I don't know, I mean, regardless if that was three miles away, I would still, I would pause mowing the lawn until that thing disappears. But like he's calmly he, just going about his business. I like how he says he was keeping an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, what he says is, yeah, he was keeping an eye on the surroundings and he saw the twister, you know, when it started. He says, um, they're both from South Africa, to give you a back back idea. And uh, he says they're not common in South Africa, but he watched a TV program about storm chasers. So he's familiar <laughs> with them. Because, I mean, you know, Discovery Channel shows will make you an expert in whatever you are watching. You know, that's how it I goes. I mean, it's a quick half hour, but you can, I guess you could... You can learn <laughs> you can one or two it. bits. It's all what you take away, I guess. Apparently, the tornado moved away to the east, you know, and he was to the west, so it moved further away from this house. So maybe he know he's on something, you know. Maybe he learned a little bit more than the typical eye on this show. <laughs> maybe he should be a storm chaser. Yeah, he's, he's got the nerves and calm to do it for sure. It was quite an event. Um, everybody on the street was, you know, in their backyards on the patios taking photos of this thing, I guess. So, you know, you probably could have seen quite a few other people mingling outside right near this tornado. But 
in my opinion, if you see a twister, go to your basement, uh, go to any, like, hard structure you have, and just fucking get into safety. Because you never know. Nature is unpredictable, regardless of what you think the pattern's gonna be. Be Should fucking take safe. Take a turn right at your house. Yeah. Twister taught us that. I hate to reference that movie twice, but come on, people. <laughs> I, I'm surprised that they had uh, tornadoes in Canada. I didn't realize that. I guess they can appear anywhere with different weather patterns, you know? It's... It's all about the perfect conditions. Yep, absolutely. We got more news coming out of Canada in our next story. This is about a restaurant who serves up fat cock on the menu. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, whoa. Hold whoa. on. Whoa. Let me rephrase whoa. that. Now, this is a uh, restaurant in Toronto that is kind of <laughs> 80s and 90s themed, and they have a a draft beer that well three beers that they have on draft that all have cock related names they have a skinny cock which is a light beer they have a full body pilsner which is called fat cock and they have an imported one called imported cock oh okay okay so I'm imagining the waitress coming up and uh, you know you're ordering a steak and you're like well you know like what, what kind of uh, beer do you have that'll pair well with this um this porter here well, you know, I'd recommend that you get the fat cock. Yep, exactly. And they're actually encouraged to go around saying, like, here's your fat cock. Like, oh, here's like that Dickie's restaurant. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of a tongue-in-cheek uh, attempt at, you know, being funny. I guess the owner partnered with a brewery in order to get this brew specifically for the restaurant. Oh, okay. So that's the only place you can actually get it, or I believe so. I'm I'm trying to find out. It seems like that's the only place they have it on draft. Huh. Okay. Okay. That's pretty cool, man. The only place you can get the fat cock is if you have to go to this restaurant here. Yep. And they they allow kids. <laughs> it's not like they're trying to keep people out. The owner oh. says he's a family man. Uh, I feel like it would be awkward being a waitress or a waiter and having to say fat cock in front of a young child. Yeah, it's it could be a little awkward or like, you know, yeah, a kid, uh, like a teenager with their parent. That's probably like the <laughs> most embarrassing situation. I got uh, an orange juice for you, youngin. I got a um, white wine for the uh, lady. And for you, sir, I got the fat cock. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's uh, that's gonna elicit some some moans and groans from the table, I'm sure. It, I I just always think of the people that go in there not knowing, and they're just like, oh, we're hungry. Oh, there's a there's a restaurant. Let's stop there, honey. Oh man, <laughs> you're in for a rude surprise if you're a little uptight. That's for sure. Oh, the and the beer brand he worked with is uh, Molson. Oh, Molson actually produces fat cock. Yes, Molson produces fat cock, skinny cock, and in, I imported guess, cock. Imported cock. How is it imported <laughs> if it's well, Canadian? I mean, I Canadian brew, right? Or, or I guess it'd be American if they're in Canada and it's imported. Oh, oh, true, true, true. I'd take All the right. Canadian beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd try it. <laughs> well, you know what might pair well with that fat cock? Is, What's uh, that? A side of pink pineapple. Ooh. And what we have here is uh, Pink Pineapple is actually coming to reality, and uh, Del Monte is actually pairing with Dole, um, two of the world's largest produce suppliers, and they've actually like genetically modified pineapple to create a new pink pineapple. 
And it actually, it's really cool looking. And then you slice it open and it almost looks like a ham. That's how like, the, the flesh tone is. Literally yeah. looks like a piece of ham when you cut into this bad boy. Um, the outside is almost more impressive than the inside. The inside it looks really is, but I think slightly when it, I think when it ripens, it um it turns closer to like normal pineapple. But when it's growing fresh, it's a vivid pink. Like it almost looks like a flower. A vivid pink with light hues of green on the leaves. Anything that would be like yellow on a pineapple is turned like like bright pink. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and apparently it's going to be a little sweeter um, than the normal pineapple, which, I mean, I, I love pineapple. I think it's pretty sweet enough already. Um, right. But, hey, you know, it's it's cool to see different fruits coming out, and, you know, regardless of it being GMO or and everything, it's still it's, it's pretty interesting. And uh, I guess it's been in the works since 2005. Del, Del Monte's been working on this, and uh, in December of 2016, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration finally gave it the uh, seal of approval, and they're letting it pass. So now we can finally, well, you might start seeing these pop up in your local supermarket. Pink pineapples. It's crazy. I would definitely try it. Try yeah, it once. I would definitely try it. Yeah, yeah. Apparently they're natively grown in um, Hawaii and Costa Rica. So, okay. Yeah. Get some Hawaiian, pink Hawaiian pineapples. Hell yeah. They look fucking cool, man. Definitely going to be on the slideshow. Oh, for Shit, sure. Shit, I won't look for decoration. <laughs> prop it up yeah so we are we always like to give a funny video clip of the week with at the end of our news segment this week we have a cat with ptsd now this doesn't it sounds traumatic but it's hilarious it's fucking it had me dying it literally had me dying this uh this cat's like playing with his owner's foot and then all of a sudden Basically, someone's uh, edited in pictures of, like, war scenes, and this cat is, like, freaking out, and it looks like he's having flashbacks to a, to a really bad time in Vietnam. Yeah, he... Man, there's... I don't even know, like, what could have triggered the cat to act like this, but he just, like, looks like he's seizing out for a second there. He's definitely freaking out. So we'll be sure to post that up on Wednesday. We always like to share our funny clip of the week on our Facebook on Wednesdays. So head on over there. Be sure to like the Facebook, and you'll be able to see that along with all the other stuff that we covered. And now we're moving along to our video games. Hell yeah. And we got some cool stuff coming from out from Rockstar this week. We're talking about one of our favorites, Grand Theft Auto V. I know. We always talk about it, but this game just does not stop producing new content that's actually playable. And that's why we like to play it with all our Patreon uh, supporters. Is yeah. Because they're always doing something cool and something new, so it's good to get on there, be able to hang out with everyone and see what they got going on. The ever-evolving game. Now, one of the biggest things that Grand Theft Auto has been doing recently online is allowing people to run businesses that create money for them. Because that was one of the hardest things in Grand Theft Auto Online, is to actually accumulate wealth. Yeah, very hard. Well, now, along with having a counterfeit document business, or a weed or grow house, or a meth lab, 
fairly soon you'll be able to experience gun running hell yeah hell yeah new new opportunity in the crime world um they've done the drug operations that you can own now they're adding this and it is quite the uh add-on too there's also weaponized and armored cars that have been upgraded some of the cars like the tampa gets a weaponized upgrade and the a there's an apc that can drive in water and on land so that's kind of cool it's got a turret mounted on the top my favorite was the uh anti-aircraft tank that they have out now oh anti yeah that anti-aircraft thing that they have with the picture of the missile firing out of it hell yeah because everybody knows every time you get on there's some asshole in a buzzard or a jet just cruising around and fucking everybody up oh absolutely that's the thing a lot of times you'll have people coming in in jets or helicopters just taking you out but not in that bad boy now this gun running dlc I'm looking for when it's going to be out. It should be out fairly soon. They don't really like to release uh, information on the GTA stuff until it's actually happening. So there's no exact release date yet. It's something that they've been talking about doing for a while. You can expect that it's going to come out soon because they've recently put out two articles showing screenshots, details, a bunch of the weaponized vehicles, mobile operations. And the last thing they put out was the Tiny Racers, and that was a little while ago. That was back in April. So, we can expect to see gun running coming out soon. Maybe a month? I don't know. Don't quote me on it, because I'm still waiting on, uh, what was that Pirates game that I wanted to come out? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's a development of a different brand. So, I mean, we all know how that goes. It doesn't get past the testing like stage, and there's a lot of bugs. Yeah. Hopefully that's going to come out, because that game's going to be fun as shit. Sea of Thieves. That's the name yeah, of Yeah, there we go. I was drawing a blank, too. Yeah, Sea of Thieves is a promising game, but who knows if it gets tanked because of uh, financial reasons or just testing in general. Yeah, it's a, it's a pain with that kind of stuff. You always want a, a solid date. Yeah, but this is Rockstar, and Rockstar does not fuck around. They're uh, one of the biggest developers there are. Their studios always put out to please. And uh, the next game we're going to cover real quickly is uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, Red Dead was announced back in October of 2016. It was even the runner-up for the most anticipated game in, in the uh, Game Awards 2016. And uh, what we have here is that it's finally going to be released in spring of 2018. So you got a little bit of a wait, and they're still keeping details pretty minimal. Um, from what we can tell from the images that have been released, you'll be playing as John Marston again. Which we all, if you've played Red Dead 1, spoiler alert, John Marston dies. And then you take on the role of his son for a short while. Now, it seems that you're going to be playing John Marston and you're going to get to see the building of his posse. This is me kind of interpreting what I've seen from the images and whatnot. Um, one of the main covers is John Marston in the middle with three guys on either side. And I'm assuming some of those guys are the guys that you hunt down in Red Dead 1 because they betrayed you. Now, the game trailer that has been released is gorgeous. Uh, the graphics look phenomenal. It looks like some new features have been added, and uh, they will incorporate still the hunting and, you know, the typical town structures like you had before, but even more so. You know, I saw images of, uh, yeah, kayaking or, like, canoeing through, like, a river. So there'll be some new things going on, and uh, just mainly the graphics are what has me up at hand right now. I really want to fucking play this game, and I cannot wait, because I was a big fan of Red Dead 1, and I'm hoping, just hoping, 
they continue on with the zombie add-on because oh yeah that was was one of the best undead nightmare was one of the best fucking add-ons for any rockstar game ever yeah it it was it was cool you got like to fuck around with sasquatches and ride like the horses of the apocalypse and shit hell yeah yeah it was a completely redone atmosphere for the whole game you know, there was random zombies. You'd be fucking in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden a horde of zombies would come creeping up on you, and you had to do different missions that were, you know, people disappeared and loved ones were wondering where they were. You were trying to find a cure. It was uh, it was unique, and it, it put a whole new spin like Rockstar likes to do with their games, you know, take one game and turn it into multiple games. Now, multiplayer always sort of comes into play with these types of games. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of fun when it first came out. It didn't seem to hold up too much over time. and got glitchy and all fucked. So, But I'm keeping my hopes high for Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes. Yeah, I'm hoping the multiplayer is flawless. And I'm hoping they take on aspects of the GTA world into this. Because right. GTA really did a fine job of making a whole new game with GTA Online. It literally is a separate game that you can play any which way you want to if you want to just play, you know, joining into modes or playing the free mode where there's a million different things going on. And that's what I'm hoping they do with this. You know, I'm hoping there's, you know, of course there'll be the deathmatch and the certain types of modes like that. But hopefully they do more for the atmosphere of the free road, like the free roam and free mode like type deal. Because that's what they really lacked on in Red Dead 1. Very true. It was kind of just like running around and you could kill people and that was about it. But uh, if it's when they add on like those secondary like missions that you can do with people, and uh, there's like random players that are against you on your missions that you know get a reward for killing you or whatever while you're doing your thing. Hopefully they take on a little bit of that because that would really bring together this game and all together. Yeah, for sure. I'm. I, I just can't wait. I really can't wait for it to come out. Hell yeah. Everything out of Rockstar is good. We always get pissed at them for their connectivity being shitty. And their matchmaking being subpar, but damn do I love the games they put out. Hell yeah, they rarely put out a game that we do not play. Now, next episode we're going to be covering more of the actual games with gold that we uh, always cover in our video game segments. But for this episode, we were kind of, as we said, we got a little backtracked on our video games. There's two from last month, one that's still available as of this episode coming out it'll be available until the 15th that is laura croft and the temple of osiris which is a offshoot of the tomb raider uh, series you'd say yeah it's it's definitely don't go into this thinking you're going to be playing a typical running gun you know puzzle solving laura croft game but it is still a puzzle solving game from an overhead view so yeah, it's, it's drastically different yeah, it's, it's definitely like a lightened arcade version of Tomb Raider. Um, not as in-depth, and it's it's definitely off the main storyline, but it's it's definitely worth checking out, and it might appeal to a whole new crowd of gamers that aren't into the die-hard Tomb Raider series. Like, that was one of my first favorite games was Tomb Raider, like the original on PlayStation 1, and I'll always yep. have a love for Tomb Raider. Like, every time one of those comes out, I get it. Like, just because, like, it, I have to, like... Yeah, great storyline, especially in the original four, um, and they still—they're doing a good job of recreating them. I really enjoyed the first remake of Laura Croft that came out on the new systems. Definitely, and I mean these arcadey type ones. This is like I think the second one. The other one was uh, Laura Croft and the Guardian of Light, 
but that one was weird. That, like it had like a weird switching thing that you had to do between the characters, and yeah, this one's less of that. I'd say it's better than Temple of Osiris is better than Guardian of Light. Yeah, yeah, they added on some weird character that was not human, and he could only do certain it's things like that Sphinx. Laura couldn't, and yeah, it was just kind of weird. It was not true to the Tomb Raider series at all, but this right. one seems to be a little more towards like what you'd expect in a Tomb Raider game, just in a different playing atmosphere. Yeah, it's like that top head, top overview kind of platformer. Yeah, a lot of people like that. Yeah, I would call that like the modern platformer like deal, like you know, like that overhead. And uh, yep. you know, hey, give it a try. It's free again, people. Scoop up every one of these free games and give them a whirl. The worst that you Absolutely. have to do is install and delete. Absolutely. And I mean, if uh, if you didn't grab this last one, we have Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga. That was available until the very end of May on the thirty first. It's a compilation of the uh, first two Lego Star Wars games. It's it's for the xbox 360 it's one of the backwards compatible ones and it's it was worth grabbing you know just to have and dick around on it's the lego games are always fun we were talking about lego batman earlier off air and hell yeah like if you're a star wars fan obviously you're gonna grab it even if you're not the gameplay is really fun and uh that's what the lego series tends to do they make any game fun um you know don't think it's just for a child it definitely has aspects that anybody of any age group would really enjoy. And it's very smooth. I can't go over how, how smooth that game really is. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So hopefully you grab that. Uh, we're going to be covering a whole bunch more video games uh, that are free with gold, along with a specific Xbox program that is giving you access to tons and tons of games that we're going to be investigating in depth and then telling you about next episode what a tease what a tease getting them going <laughs> and uh now moving along people let's uh let's give you a little entertainment with some balling ass movies so i'm covering it follows that's my uh movie suggestion for the episode it is a horror mystery movie that came out in tw- uh 2014 directed by david robert mitchell who also wrote it it stars uh, Micah Monroe, Keir Gilchrist, Olivia Lucardi, bunch of bunch of names I'm not familiar with. It's younger actors and actresses, and it's it's on Netflix now. It was one that I wanted to see when it first came out in theaters, but I never really got the chance. So I was happy to see it pop up on Netflix. It is a super creepy movie about basically a sex demon. So a girl is picked up by a guy and they go out and then he like kind of drugs her after having or like knocks her out after having sex with her and ties her to a wheelchair and explains to her that she's now been cursed essentially and she's forced to run from this demon the entire movie it's pretty it's pretty terrifying the way it's shot is really really stark it kind of reminded me of fargo in a way yeah, yeah. I uh, unknowingly we watched the movie the same night without telling each other or anything like that. The cast is amazing for a lot of names that we were, both weren't familiar with, let alone like how you're talking about the way it's shot. Like to me, it reminded me of a lot of the classic horror films, like as The Exorcist or Halloween. And uh, you had commented on the pan shots, which I really enjoyed as well. But man, the concept alone—it's so good. Creepy super creepy the long slow panning that they do in that is like builds the suspense really really well 
Even the shot you're talking about with the wheelchair, man, it was so creepy, the wheelchair shot alone. I believe they uh, must have put the camera on the wheelchair as like a rig, because like when it shook, it the camera shook with it, so everything around her shook, but like she didn't in the wheelchair. It was It's super creepy, people, you gotta go out and see this. It got 97% on the tomato meter. Yeah, which is pretty fucking good, because they don't fuck around, like, they, they're pretty harsh critics. Another friend had mentioned to me that they, the director wanted to make it so that it couldn't be placed in a certain time. Like you said, it kind of reminded me of the classics as well, like Halloween or uh, sort of remnants of Scream in it, in a way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I don't know, it just, it's, it, I'm so glad it ended up on Netflix. Yeah, I was surprised it was on Netflix. So I didn't watch it on Netflix. So I watched it on a streaming uh, service, and um, I randomly picked it because, you know, honestly, the DVD cover had caught me. I thought it was a cool cover, and uh, then I read the concept about some fucking paranormal STD, and I was like, all right, let me fucking see what this is because this is something I've never heard of. Yeah, it's a really cool concept for a horror movie. It's not one I would have thought of. It premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. I didn't know that. I was just looking through some of the notes here. Oh, that's cool. And it grossed $20.6 million worldwide. That's not bad. Not a bad return. I'd say how much it uh, it cost to actually make it. The budget's it, on it? Oh, it, okay. it wasn't like crazy effects or anything. Yeah, I mean, it really it really wasn't. It seemed like a lot of the um, effects were like just natural cosmetics, you know. Um, they did a really good job with the, the creepiness with the cosmetics of like the different characters and whatnot. Um and just the uh, the concept alone was creepy enough to pull off without like CGI or anything. Absolutely. It was super weird. Make sure you check out It Follows if you have Netflix. If not, find a friend who has Netflix. It's probably your best bet. Get that password. Get that sign in. What do you want? I want to come in. What's the password? Oh, you're no fool of me. <laughs> Swordfish. No, I got tired of that. I changed it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's leeching off each other. Why not? Do some tradesies. When do you get Hulu? When do you get Netflix? If you care, you share. Exactly. Now, the movie I'm going to cover is Bone Tomahawk. It is an adventure horror. We're keeping with the horror theme here. Um, the thing that separates this is it's based in the Western times, um, the late 1800s. Now, basically, I, I don't want to give too much away. Um, it's about an Indian tribe that's like almost paranormal and they're a fucking nightmare for the people that encounter them. This film, it stars Kurt Russell, which we all know Kurt Russell from a million different great movies. Patrick Wilson, a face that you might not notice that name, but you'll notice that you'll know the face if you see him. He's been in like Batman, Dawn of Justice, uh, Insidious, a lot of different movies. Matthew Fox, you might know him from Lost, and Richard Jenkins, um, the father from Step Brothers. Okay. And also, you get an appearance from David Arquette and Sid Haig, which Sid Haig, infamously, is Captain Spaulding in Rob Zombie's films. And I was saying when you brought this movie up that there should be more David Arquette in movies. There really series. should. Like, and I'm glad you said that when I told you that because, like, I'm another like appreciative like uh, fan of David Arquette's. Like, I loved him in Scream. <laughs> Someone had to re- say I've it. made multiple references to him. Someone had to say, <laughs> it, and I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, David Arquette's, like, a cool dude. Like, I feel like I would chill with David Arquette in real life. Like, I feel like he's, like, one of those dudes that's probably just gets along with any crowd. Like, maybe I'm wrong, but I highly doubt it. Eight-Legged <laughs> eight Freaks was hilarious, even if it was, like, a beast. Dude! 
I didn't even come to my fucking mind. Yeah, that was an awesome fucking flick. Hi, Jerko. What do you want? I need a new sugar slush. Why? Because there's something wrong with this one. Smell it. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's awful. Ah. I know. Oh, it's like, it smells like, like, like my ass, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe your ass. It's weird, huh? Like a bitter, sour ass. Oh. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, it, this was a great film. Um, it had a small budget of $1.8 million, which isn't much in today's films. It didn't really go to theaters. It, it debuted at Fantastic Fest and uh, mainly stayed like a, a DVD release type deal and a festival release. Okay. But yeah, like I was off put by this. It's a sleeper film that really has a great delivery. And the whole film is solid. And uh, basically it's a, a group of four guys trying to get a, a guy's wife. Patrick Wilson. You know what's solid is Kurt Russell's mustache in this film. Dude, his whole beard is insane. It's Classic connected to his sideburns. Right yeah. Just, he's a solid monster in this film. Like, he's the man. Like, he is in most of his films. Uh, Patrick Wilson plays Arthur O'Dwyer, and his wife gets taken randomly in the night by this Indian tribe. And they track down the Indian tribe, where they're from, and uh, they go out on a mission to, to save the wife and it just it becomes this all out fucking nightmare with the, these indians this film got a 90% on the tomato meter i was get yeah i was going to mention that yeah it got a high review high. all across the board man like even imdb i think gave it like an 80 it's almost on par with logan yeah yeah it was fucking amazing for a film that i had never even heard of you know i've never heard it even mentioned i took a chance as soon as i saw kurt russell and I saw Matthew Fox, like, I like Matthew Fox and Lost. A lot of people, you know, they don't want to dive into the Lost saga. Oh, Lost is great. It's, it's, a deep, it's a deep fucking thing. You know, you got to take your own interpretation of the story, especially towards the end, the last season. I was going to say, the but last. I mean, if you don't watch the last season, it's still worth it. It's still worth it because the last season can fuck you, too. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. A lot of people that watched it till the end, they were just like, uh, I don't know what to take from that. Right. But, um, and I, I want to mention with Bone Tomahawk, it has a higher audience score than it follows. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised with that, especially seeing as this really didn't get a good release. Like, and I don't know why it wasn't really distributed by any main mainstream. It seems like uh, it was distributed by RLJ Entertainment. I think this is part of Paramount. I'm not sure exactly, but I'm pretty sure that's associated with Paramount Pictures. Okay. But I mean, the actors they have in it fucking great fucking cast man for it to not be a theatric release yeah it's a lot of bigger names yeah it really is man and again just the the whole storyline is fucking solid there's not a dull moment in the story um very interesting i love the characters that kurt russell played and matthew fox played a really good character as well and again i mean david arquette and sid Haig, fucking great great little addition you know they're they're little parts but they fucking definitely create an atmosphere for the whole fuck the opening part is for with david arquette and said hey their partners are great they're like murderous robbers type deal so it's a pretty fucking brutal opening i don't want to give away too much i i never know what to tell as a storyline without giving away too much but uh it's it's a brutal opening so a warning if you like gory movies and good horror movies this is the one for you if you don't like a lot of like brutality 
don't watch this. I'll give you that warning. <laughs> Where can people watch it? Is it another uh, Netflix one? It's it's not on Netflix. Um, again, I use like streaming services. I don't I don't use Netflix or Hulu or any of that. Or but uh, Redbox. Take a look real quick. Yeah, yeah. You might be able to get it on Redbox. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's a Netflix or a Hulu edition. Um, gotta go. Definitely and take a take a chance. It. Yeah, yeah, go to the video store, look online, see if you can find it, you know, streaming somewhere. Fucking take a chance. Isn't watch that this. illegal, you, Matt? I won't comment on where I got it. Um, <laughs> I heard Cody's the word. Yeah, I mean, just browse around, you'll find it. It's definitely not like a film that's hard to find. It's definitely got a good little cult following behind it from what I've seen after the fact of watching it. A lot of people are online talking about it and whatnot, and... Uh, Shit, man. You know, like, I'll just give you one part. They cut a dude in half upside down from his dick down with a fucking jawbone from, like, a cow. Jesus. Yeah, just to give you you people that are a little worried or you like gore, that's the kind of gore you're going to find. You're going to find some pretty fucking brutal uh, pieces inside of this western. It's not your typical western. Is that the you bone know, tomahawk? The thing they use? Bone tomahawk. That's yep. What, that's what so, that is? Uh, so the Indians, they do, they use these uh, bone tomahawks that are created. They're basically a side of the jaw off of like a cow or maybe a horse. Big fucking animal and it's sharpened. And dude, they fucking do some work with these things. Damn. And another creepy thing that I loved about it is the Indians, um, they have like a self-mutilation thing where they fucking, they cut part of their necks and they infuse like animal bones that create a whistle. So they'll close their mouth and they'll like push the air out of these fucking openings and the leader of it, like the, the clan, his fucking like whistle is so scary. It's not even fucking funny. It's like a, a monster call. So this isn't a documentary. <laughs> it is not a documentary. <laughs> no, it is not a documentary. Um, Kurt Russell doesn't, doesn't fuck with documentaries. <laughs> yeah. A little, a little uh-huh. recreation. Yeah, no, like, there's just so many fucking aspects of this film that I really appreciated. And uh, I, I do like westerns. I've got to say, I have a fucking bias. I do like a good western here and there. Like, I heard Deadwood's I don't like John really Wayne good. films. That was good. That was really good. Um, they're, they're hard to come by. There's a lot of shitty westerns out there. So to see a good western horror film, I really fucking liked. Cow- this, this really amazed me. Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> No, not not my deal. Not my deal. It's too, too sci-fi for me. Yeah, too, that's too many two genres that shouldn't cross. Nah, 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 not at all. <laughs> well, hopefully um, you guys will be able to check out those movies. It follows and Bone Tomahawk. Slacker thumbs up. We'll give you the definite approval of these films. Um, not a waste to watch. And that brings us pretty much to the end of the show. Alrighty, people, let's get through this together. Hold my hand. I will guide you. <laughs> Check us out on Facebook or Instagram. You can get out of this American Slacker podcast. If you want to uh, get out our main hub, you can check us out at AmericanSlackerPodcast.com. And also, if you want to send us an email, AmericanSlackerPodcast at gmail.com. We try to keep it uniform. Make it easy for you. Except for Twitter and Reddit, because those are A-M-E-R-S-L-K-R podcast. That's Amer Slacker Podcast. It's funky. They have a character limit. So A-M-E-R-S-L-K-R podcast. Rate and review us on iTunes. That really helps us out. Five stars or nothing. 
That's what we go for. That's what we're striving for, for you, the audience. Tell a friend about us if you're appreciating what we're doing. And also head over to our YouTube. If people aren't familiar with the whole podcast thing, they can always catch our episodes updated every week. Newest one, along with all of the stuff we've already released. And if you want to hear about the artists that we cover on our show, you can check out our Spotify playlist. Uh, every artist that we cover, we feature on the playlist. We've put a few of their songs on there, so you can check them out and get an idea of what you're dealing with. All you have to do is search American Slacker Podcast, and you will be jamming in no time. And if you want to help us out, head on over to our Patreon and become a sponsor of the show. For a dollar a month, you get a shout-out, and you're an official American Slacker, a nice little title coming along with that. For $5 a month, you can ask us a question that we will answer on the show. You will also get a shout-out. And for both of those tiers, you get an invite to play Xbox with us on the last Saturday of every month. And most importantly, you help create the show. That's the biggest thing. Like, I can't stress it enough. Everybody that donates to the Patreon, they literally help us create more of the show. They give us more dedication to do the show, more merchandise to come out. And more materials coming out soon on the Patreon, so keep your eye out. Not listed there is the little spot in our heart that you're buying. Ah, the most important. The most important. I always forget that. You're right. You're right. And if you want to give us a little bit more love, we have our personal Instagrams. Yes, sir. You can check out my Instagram at MWGmedia. And mine is LandersThePlane. And uh, my Snapchat and gamer tag are very simple, Matty G from HP. And mine's Landers the plane again, keeping that all the way across this guy. Keeping that uniform. Look at him. All right, people. Thanks for tuning in. We love every single one of you. And uh, until next time, that's it. There you go. in the force.